0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. Today is Tuesday, May 4th, 2021. It is our first episode of Power to the Pod in the aftermath of the 2021 NFL Draft. Welcome. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs director, scouting of the managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and two disclaimers to start the show. If your podcast feed is not regularly updating, had some feedback from some friends who listened to the show, hey, you know, Friday show, Monday show, MIA, Apple, if you listen on Apple right now, Apple is having a difficult time with the consistency of getting the podcasts uploaded into the feed. So make sure you're checking as multiple podcast resources because I do my absolute best to get this show up every day at midnight and Monday through Friday. So just a little disclaimer, if you're missing a little bit of locked on dolphins in your life and you use Apple, please know that those podcast shows might be out there for you. And my second little bit is a pro tip. Make sure you listen to Peacock and Williamson, a part of the Locked On NFL Network of Podcasts. Excellent show, highly recommend you check it out right after today's episode of Power to the Pod. You know what it means, it's Power to the Pod. Clever pun on podcasting and family of dolphins being a pod. Power to you guys, your questions, topics, hot takes, you name it. And we got some reviews of the show that I want to read into first before we get into social media questions. We're going to have a grand old time today. It's uh, it's about 10.45 on Monday night. Got a nice glass of Buffalo Trace and a whole bunch of questions from you guys. So let's get into it right away. First one comes from Wheels Rolling. And I'm going to be honest, uh, the, the first time I read this review, um, it was pretty cool. It, it was really cool. And, and I thank you for sharing your story and I thank you for your listenership, Wheels. Uh, Draft Day 2021, lifetime Miami Dolphins fan since 1970 when I was a kid. Go Earl Morrill. Loyal as the day is long to the fish. Recently moved back to Florida from the West Coast after 35 years. I became a paraplegic a few years ago and look forward to your take on things while I do PT each day. Stay the course. Man. There's no question here. (laughs) But... um, I just wanted to give you a shout out because hearing from individuals and, and, you know, this is, it's a podcast, right? Sit here, I talk about football for 30 minutes, Uh, but connecting with you guys is really special and has become a really, really special uh, added bonus to this gig. So Wheels, God bless you, sending you love, go Dolphins, and now let's see if I can, Find a take that's not going to make me misty-eyed in here. Uh, Fuego, 305. Power to the pod. Here you go. What does Eichenberg's tape show or what physical traits does he have that Robert Hunt didn't have coming out of Louisiana that should make him a better fit at right tackle? This is interesting, and I am fascinated to see what the Dolphins ultimately do with Liam Eichenberg. Because uh, Liam Eichenberg, coming into the 2021 NFL Draft was a fringe player on most of Miami's traditional thresholds uh, for offensive linemen. He is 6'6", 306, 32 and 5 inch arms, uh, 64th percentile on the broad jump, so he's he's close on the broad, uh, close on size, but he's not the 320, 330 pound maulers that we are accustomed to along the offensive line for the Dolphins. And it's not even though Liam, like, dropped weight for the pro day. He was 306 at his pro day. You go back to the 2018 Notre Dame roster, he was 303. You pull up the 2020 Notre Dame roster, and Liam Eikenberg was 20- 302. So it's not as though Liam has even played in the range that we you would typically associate with the Dolphins. And because of that, when I did the... Uh, offensive line board for Miami I had somebody ask me like yo Liam Eikenberg didn't really have representation on here what was the cause for that and it was because I was like okay like he missed both thresholds we've identified as common themes between the Dolphins and their offensive linemen so didn't really associate him with with being somebody who would be on the radar but I'm going to be completely transparent Liam Eikenberg was the 34th rated player on the draft network Uh, consensus rankings, which I'm a part of the scouting staff over there. And I wrote Liam Eichenberg's bio. So what I'd like to do, dedicate a little bit of time to Liam Uh, we because we didn't talk about him a lot, because he was a fringe prospect for Miami based on his athletic profile and size profile. So you're going to get a little free peek behind the curtain here. I'm going to take a few minutes and read through uh, the entirety of my premium TDN premium scouting report on Lee Eichenberg. Eichenberg is an NFL ready starting tackle who should find assimilating to the pro game fairly easy. He's not the most fleet of foot and speed rushers with wide angles can test him off the edge, but sound fundamentals and footwork should have him positioned to contest such challenges with a fair amount of success. The ceiling for Eichenberg as a prospect is tied to the offensive philosophies of his future coach. He is best when releasing vertically at the snap in the run game and either double teaming to the second level or stepping down to collapse and create a soft edge. Gap power teams will unleash his power at the point of attack effectively, and he'll do well to create creases as guards pull or tight ends insert to lead the ball carrier through his gap. In all, Eichenberg is part of a talented crop of 2021 offensive tackles, and his ultimate place in the pecking order will come down to team preference. He's more impactful in the run game than he is in pass protection, but he was rather smooth protecting one of college football's most unpredictable quarterbacks this past season as well. The comp that I settled on for Liam Eichenberg. Another Notre Dame offensive tackle in Mike McGlinchey, who was a top 10 pick for the San Francisco 49ers a few years ago. You want to watch his best game, go watch North Carolina 2020. Uh, A couple things. Let's talk about pass sets. The pass set mechanics prior to first contact are exactly what you'd expect from a program that is... Routinely put out good offensive tackles as of late, well developed and clean. There's a consistent base that doesn't narrow, narrow or sell his power out to dry. Eichenberg appears smoother in pass protection in 2020 than he was a year prior, an added bonus to some of his assets elsewhere at the position. Competitive toughness. Eichenberg is an absolute brute in the run game. Double teams, down blocks, and late anchors in pass protection all ooze of functional strength, which he uses to effectively impose his will. If you play him moving forward, you're going to enjoy a lot of room to work off the left side in the run game. He played left tackle for Notre Dame. He'll do well to stay engaged and find work on extended plays, too. He saw a ton of those at Notre Dame. Last one. Uh, Let's do football IQ. Three-year starter with the Irish Eichenberg has logged plenty of experience and has continued to develop from a technical standpoint in each of his three seasons on the field. It is encouraging to see him develop and not flatline with his development as a talent, although he's damn near close to a ceiling as a player. Eichenberg is savvy to blitzes and stunt game. His lapses in those areas are more tied to only modest, functional, athletic profile. So, yeah, he, he's not as big as the other offensive linemen the, Dolphin, the Dolphins have gone after, But simultaneously, he's much more refined, which is important to note when you consider the Dolphins are looking to win now and make a leap as a team. Uh, Five Burks on Saturday. Opt-outs. I'm not surprised, but Grew didn't draft any opt-outs. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Javon Holland did not play this past year. He opted out in September. Little bit of a risk, but you can say this for Javon Holland. You should be super encouraged by the fact that he came in despite the fact that he did opt out and he actually outperformed his expectations as far as a functional athlete. Uh, He's 6'1", 207. This was at his pro day, ran 4.77, 10.6 in the broad, it's 82nd percentile. Uh, 4.16 in the short shuttle, that's 62nd percentile. His 10-yard split was the 67th percentile. Uh, He did not have a single athletic test that was below the 50th percentile. When you watched him on tape, you weren't always necessarily sure how good of a functional athlete that he is. So for him to do that, despite the fact that he opted out, uh, I felt really good with and The Dolphins very clearly felt comfortable with his versatility as a player. From San Jose, California. Kyle, been listening every night since your first show. Enjoy it very much. You get me through my ride back home from work. Thanks for listening. Please drive safe. Thanks. Uh, Question. Since Waddle did not have any sort of pro day or for any team other than film and interviews, what are the factors or measurable parameters did the team used to evaluate him? Are you concerned at all about his medicals despite him returning to play in the national championship game? And if 100%, why did he not participate in any pro day activities? Uh, so film and interviews are obviously the big two things. GPS uh, data is a big thing now for teams, and I think you'll see more and more of that as far as functional game speed in game in real time. But uh, his intangibles are presumably off the charts. I know Travis Wingfield talked about that on the the, uh, the Dolphins draft party. Uh, Nick Saban comparing him to Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant from a demeanor perspective as a competitor. But as far as the medicals go, he so he returned to play in the national championship, but you could tell he was not fully 100%. I think that in itself was from a competitiveness standpoint, something that helped his evaluation. But I would say this as far as why he didn't test, it's kind of like Tua, right? You think about Tua, Tua did not return to the field with the same level of mass and size and throwing power than you expected, and it was because he spent a lot of time rehabbing to get back to 100%. So if I'm Jalen Waddell, and I play in January, and I'm not 100%, and I got to get ready, Am I going to rehab and then go out and run without actually training for the drill, or am I just going to rehab and then transition into training to play football in the fall? His speed speaks for itself. So I I think it's more so of a, I don't want to do myself a disservice and test without the appropriate prep time to get myself to where I would show myself to the best of my abilities. MK, Dolphin Fan for Life. Kyle, love the show. Hope the baby's doing well. Thank you. It was a, a tough week away from... Uh, my baby girl, but she's doing excellent. We had a great time together this past uh, this past two days of me returning to the fray here at the Crabs household. I'm excited about our picks, but with us missing out on the top running back again, do you see us returning to free agency for one, maybe Le'Veon Bell or maybe another linebacker like Quan Alexander? Uh, today, first of all, yesterday was a big day for free agency in that the compensatory pick window uh, has closed, which means any signings from here on out no longer impact projections for compensatory picks. That is important for Miami because uh, the Dolphins are currently scheduled to get a fifth round pick for losing Devon Codchow. They lost more players than they signed. The financials outweigh going out versus what they got going in. So Miami can now freely sign players without having to worry about, man, like if we get this guy, it's going to cut down on uh, an asset. You know, we're going to lose an asset. As far as. I'm not interested in Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I'm quite frankly not. I don't know what he has left in the tank. I would bet it's little. I'm not interested in spending what Le'Veon's going to want. Um, But as far as free agent signings go, I doubt we'll see anything without somebody going out, and that's a conversation uh, for another day, or unless we get it when we switch over to social media questions, which is right after I remind everybody that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track the action at Bet Online. Get all the news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online or in your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contact information as well. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. And receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at a fair price point. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're only available now through Mother's Day at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10 the collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, so you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Switching gears, it's Twitter question time here on Power to the Pod. Thank everybody who dropped questions Courtesy of the iTunes reviews. And look forward to hearing from even more of you tomorrow. But now, Twitter questions. Cliffy Mack, what's Miami's biggest hole going into training camp? I would say center. Probably. I think that's reasonable. Uh, I think Miami needs to sort out the right tackle spot too. Is that going to be Robert Hunt? Is that going to be Liam Eichenberg? I doubt Liam's probably going to play at guard. I don't know if he can snap. He'd be super tall for a center, so I'm assuming Lee Meikenberg's going to be playing one of the tackle spots. In which case, Robert Hunt moves inside. Solomon Kinley plays the opposite guard spot. Okay, DJ Fluker's in competition for one of those spots as well. And then you've got Skura, who's a fine player. Uh, He had some lapses with his snaps for a brief stretch of time last year, but if he... Sorts that out, I think, from a a physical profile perspective. He's more along the lines of what Miami would want than Ted Karras anyway. Um, Not to say he's as mentally sharp. I need to do the deep dive on Skura and and work through their protections to be able to say that with any level of confidence. But you also have Michael Dieter. I wouldn't completely sleep on. But yeah, I, I think as far as the biggest question mark... I think it's center. I wouldn't necessarily say it has to be the biggest hole on the roster, but it is the biggest question mark on the roster going into training camp in the fall unless something changes, and let's not bar that out. There's still plenty of time for transactions and trades to be made. Uh, TJ, is there a reason Eichenberg wasn't included on your Dolphins-specific offensive line breakdown from a few weeks ago? Yes, we touched on that as far as the thresholds uh, and why. Because he missed on both, I elected to leave him off. But he was close on both. So, worth noting. Uh, Mike Dolphins, for Power of the Pot, thoughts on potential post-June 1st cuts. Oh, bless you. You did the financials for me. Thank you so much. Jakeem Grant, $4 million in savings. Jesse Davis, $3.5 million in savings. Clayton Fejdalum, $2.5 million in savings. Durham Smythe, $2.1 million in savings. Unlikely, Bobby McCain, 6.4, Eric Rowe, 5.5. I tell you from Jakeem Grant, I don't feel real good right now. Because Holland and Waddle can return kicks. Do have special teams value in the return game. Jalen Waddle is literally the exact same role that Jakeem Grant had, but he can do more. And he's a bigger player. And he's a better player. So that plus Will Fuller, you know, the the need for speed and Robert Foster even being brought into the fray. If I'm Jakeem Grant, I do not feel good about my spot on the Dolphins roster. And he shouldn't based on his play this past year. His one remaining appeal to the team was the special teams dynamic. And Miami went out and got a number of guys, not even to mention Noah Igbenogany, who had return duty experience as well, entering into year two. My prediction is Jakeem Grant will not be on the team this year. Jesse Davis. uh, I'm ready to cut ties with Jesse as well. Uh, At the end of the day, I I appreciate the fact that he could play four spots along the offensive line, but when he was in, he was not particularly effective. So, you have Fluker, you have Eichenberg. Flowers is gone. If we were to rate, you know, find a starting five, it's going to be Jackson, Kinley, Skura, Hunt, in either Fluker or second round pick Liam Eichenberg. So that's six. Now Michael Dieter can play three spots along the interior. So you got a, a now a swing tackle in either Fluker or Eichenberg, and you've got an interior swing in Dieter. That means Jesse Davis is the eighth offensive lineman on this team, and you could save eight million dollars by cutting ties with your eighth offensive lineman. Yes, uh, that's a move I would advocate for as well. So those two guys combined, Mike, I'm assuming your financials are correct. This is shame on me. I did not check, but we're going to do the double check right now and make sure that the, uh, the numbers here are legit. Survey says that is correct. So Miami can cut after June 1st, Grant and Davis, and save $7.6 million against the cap and incur only a $1.6 million cap penalty. For perspective, trading Shaq Lawson was a $2.6 million cap penalty. So next to nothing from a cap penalty perspective. Yes, <laughs> those are two moves I am ready to make. June 1st, no questions asked. I think the only way McCain or Rowe goes, uh, because there they are significant savings to be had here, is... Once you get into camp, if somebody blows you away, whether it's Brandon Jones or Javon Holland, I'm not cutting ties with an established starter from last year, especially if I'm going to be able to make it under the cap anyway, without knowing what I'm getting. Clayton Fezlum, yeah, I'd advocate cutting him too. So, I mean, that's that's $10 million between Grant Davis and Fezlum after June 1st. That should be no-brainer decisions for the Dolphins. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at RockAuto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs. From right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Continuing onward, Aaron, is Javon Holland a redo for Minka Fitzpatrick? Is Bobby McCain in jeopardy being cut post-June 1st now? So I can't necessarily say with complete and utter confidence, that Javon Holland is a redo for Minka Fitzpatrick. But what I can say is he can do a lot of the same things from a versatility standpoint. He can't have any worse of an attitude about it. And I had not really considered that Javon Holland stepping into the role that the Dolphins envisioned for Minka Fitzpatrick. But now that you mention it, it's probably not wrong. You know, Miami, they spent a lot of time with Minko working on the bags during training camp, and that caused him to punt and turtle and shy away from competition because he didn't want to do that. Holland already knows how to do those things. So, yeah, I mean, that that's a great point, not one that I had considered, uh, but still something that very much is pertinent and and a great call by you. Uh, Chris, first, great work on the lead-up to the draft. Question, do you foresee any post-draft or June 1st running back free agents that the Dolphins might go to, or do you think they ride with what they have? All right, let's, let's pull it up. Let's pull up the free agency list at running back, because I know these questions, understandably so, uh, are going to continue to come with the Dolphins' offensive backfield. It's been amplified as such a point of, I don't want to say contention, but it, it's viewed as a stress point for this team. I don't necessarily think that it is. I don't feel super compelled to make a move, but I'm going to read through the, the list of names. Todd Gurley, no. Duke Johnson, no. Rex Bursthead, no. Brian Hill, maybe. TJ Yeldon, no. Dion Lewis, no. Chris Thompson, no. He's 31. LeSean McCoy's 33. Adrian Peterson, he's 36. Frank Gore, he's 38. Alfred Morris, he's 33. Tyler Irvin, No. DeAndre Washington was on the team last year. Didn't give us anything. Why would you bring him back? Le'Veon Bell, no. Too expensive. He's 29 years old. Kenyon Barner, Corey Clement, Bryce Love, Ido Smith, Donta Foreman, Siwo Onalua, TJ Logan, Paul Pert... Like, there's nobody out there. So, if you want a back, you're probably going to have to trade for one much like you did last year. Now, stylistically... You could probably, or hopefully, if you do swing a trade, go find one with somebody who's a little bit better stylistic fit for the style of offense that you're going to have in your running game, which is going to be presumably downhill, considering you signed Malcolm Brown and you drafted 230-pound Jared Dokes. But there's just, I, I don't see any appeal in free agency that's not like, okay, let's bring this guy in to take 30% of the snaps and flush money down the toilet. The team really likes Miles Gaskin. Really likes Miles Gaskin. So, I think they're. I think it's more likely that they're gonna roll with what they have. Maybe they find somebody and they make a splash. T. Coop, man, just digging under the skin today, huh? Who had the most accurate mock draft at T. D. N. Uh, it depends on who you ask. Uh, there's a bunch of great resources out there that do scoring of mock drafts. Either Trevor Sykema, according to the Huddle Report, or Benjamin Solak, according to Fantasy Pros. Uh, I'm personally partial to the Fantasy Pros because out of 182 submitted mocks, uh, I finished 13th out of 182 on Fantasy Pros. But TDN was uh, phenomenal. But in, in the Fantasy Pros scoring, Ben and Trevor were both in the top 10 overall. I was 13th and Joe Marino, I think, was 18th. And then we had somebody else at 30th. So we had 5 out of 182 in the top 30, and we had 4 in the top 20, and 3 in the top 15, and 2 in the top 10. Uh, I could not be more proud to be a part of that group, and, and everybody just worked their asses off last weekend. and super proud to be a part of it, and, and, and working on that with everybody for draft coverage. My final soliloquy, or soapbox moment, or, or observation for the night would be this. Uh, it, we appear to be having a bit of a Broncos rivalry brewing. Uh, Miami played the Broncos this year and lost a game that ended up costing the Dolphins a playoff spot. And then you get into the draft and Denver trades up to 35 in front of the Dolphins and drafts Javante Williams. Now, whether or not that you know was Miami's number one target, uh, we'll probably never truly know. Um, but as I mentioned on yesterday's show, um, I got texted in the afternoon on Friday and say, Hey, make Javon Holland, be ready. And sure enough, Holland was the pick. But if the Broncos ground your gears because they draft Javante Williams and they draft Baron Browning and they draft Quinn Miners and they draft a bunch of football players that you could point to and say, yeah, I could see the Dolphins going after those guys. They're really good stylistic fits for what the Dolphins are trying to do. Denver's apparently trying to do the same things. So much so that the Dolphins actually, if you thought the Broncos potentially thwarted Miami on day two... Just sleep well tonight knowing that the Dolphins confirmed thwarted the Broncos on night one. The Broncos were reportedly, Mike Kliss uh, reported this out in Denver, uh, that the Broncos were looking to trade up back into the 20s, the mid-20s in this year's draft with the intention of drafting dot, dot, dot Jalen Phillips. How'd that go for you? He didn't make it to 20. He didn't make it to the mid-20s. He made it to 18. So that's something for us to, to really dial in on. I know I said this yesterday that like, yeah, Broncos and Dolphins appear to be targeting the same kind of guys. But it, extend, it extends even to one of the guys that Miami got in Jalen Phillips who the Broncos were ready to trade back up into the first round to go get. How these two teams develop and build out their rosters side by side as they look to climb up into contender status will be a fun subplot. And I think I speak for everybody here when I say, screw the Broncos, go kick rocks, and enjoy having to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year for the next 15 years. We certainly enjoyed playing Tom Brady for two decades, twice a year. That's going to do it for us here on Powder the Pod. Uh, another great show in the books. Uh, was great to hear from you guys, give you guys the floor on, on what we talked about today. Some Liam you some free agent running backs, the NFL draft holes on the roster, compensatory. Like, we checked a ton of boxes today. And we always have fun. So make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for listening. We got three more shows this week. Make sure you check it out. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.